following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. I've been uh, out in California for a, a week. We were out there with a Transforming Our World conference with Bill Johnson and Ed Silvoso and Sean Boltz and a lot of great men and women of God, Bishop McLaughlin from Jacksonville, Florida, and came back excited, encouraged to see that God is transforming not only individuals but states and nations. Uh, We heard great testimonies of how God is moving supernaturally all around the world. And then we were out there with a church we've been working with for over 20 years now, Christian Faith Church. There's 125,000 Russian-speaking people in Sacramento. And God planted a church right in the middle of them there, a Slavic church. And uh, we've been working for them for over 20 years. So we were there and were able to do an apostolic visit there. And they bring, wanted us to send greetings to you. And we're very, very excited uh, of how God's touching them and moving them. I want to say I enjoyed uh, last week online while I was in California. And I enjoyed Scott Stanfield's message, one of the best messages. Come on. It was powerful. And uh, I, I love the online experience. That, you know, uh, it's exciting. So there's about a 1,000 people watching us online today, and we're glad they're tuned in. Thank God for technology. Let's just get the word out, uh, not just here locally, but, but everywhere. And the last thing I want to talk about is uh, Tony Miller will be here next week, I and Tony together. And Tony's the one that gave us that prophecy about the tipping point. And then the, uh, the prophecy about Isaiah 54, he's a powerful, powerful instrument of the Lord. And he's going to be here with us next Sunday, him and I together. And we just believe God just keeps sending us the right people at the right time to move us on forward into our destiny and purpose. So touch two or three people, say, you're ready, get ready for a big time next week in Jesus' name. Amen. Get ready for a big time. I got a lot to say, but I'm just kind of enjoying hanging out here with you a minute. It's like, it feels good in here, doesn't it? Y'all feel a little tension while we were worshiping? I love it when that happens. I love it when you start feeling a little tension in worship. That means those demons that have been hanging on so long, are want to, they don't want to let go. But they're going to have to let go. <laughs> I love it. Demons hate worship. That's what Satan did. You know, he was a worshiper in heaven and he got kicked out. So every time we worship, he despises it because he knows that power in it. You start worshiping God, a lot of people seek God. But you start worshiping God, God will seek you. Touch your neighbor and say, the devil's going to let go. That's right. I believe that. You know, uh, stepping out into all in Alabama 2020 is radical. I love it because several weeks ago I said this and didn't know I'd have to use it. When people said, you're out of your mind. Like, no, I'm out of your mind. Because we know what God told us to do. It's radical. But I started thinking about radical. The word radical actually comes from the root word radic, which means root. So to be radical doesn't mean to do something new. To be radical means to go back to the root of what should have been done all along. 
And so when we're radical, we're not saying we're doing something extraordinary or new. We're saying we're going back to the original created purposes of what we should have been doing all along. Because the church that we read about in Scripture, we have to agree, is not the church that most of us witness today. I don't know about you, but anytime when I read this and then I experience church, as good as this is, it's still a distance away from what I read about here. Can we agree about that? Can we just agree that we care? (laughs) And so, to be radical is to get back to the root of what the church actually is supposed to be. And so as we step into All In Alabama, I really feel like the Holy Spirit is wanting us to, to get radical in back to our original creative purpose here. So as we take these giant steps, we're strong at home. You know, they say the light that shines the furthest shines the brightest at home. So we got to make sure that we're all solid on a good place as we're taking these steps. So touch two or three people say, we're going to get solid here at Word Alive. Tell them we're going to get solid. And touch somebody else say, we're going to be powerful too. Tell them we're going to be powerful. So I want to take us back to a topic, and I'm going to be talking about this over the next several weeks on and off with you because I believe it's important. I want to get back to this topic that we started talking about maybe even a year or more ago. On the topic of church, the name Ecclesia. Ecclesia. Look at Matthew 16, 17 through 19. I believe God's going to help us today. Here's where Jesus first mentioned the church. Jesus answered and said to him, to, to Peter, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. This is right after Jesus has asked Peter. He said, who do, you say, who, do, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, well, people say you're Elijah, you're Jeremiah, you're this, you're that. He said, but who do you say I am? And he said, I say you're Christ, the Son of the living God. He, Jesus responded, blessed are you. For flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say unto you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build ecclesia, my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on the earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. The very first mention that we see of the word church, ecclesia, was about an individual having an encounter with God. So let's get this straight in our minds right off the get-go. Church is not an organization that you join. Church is a revelation that you encounter. Do you realize who you actually are? So to try to get people to join our church or to even come to church with the concept of joining a church, a assembly, is the wrong biblical idea. The original biblical idea of church, ecclesia, was when you and I as individuals have an encounter with God. We're not just convinced, we're converted. We, don't just, we just don't understand Jesus is a good thing. We actually have in, encountered the person of Jesus ourselves, and that's something you can't take away from me. You can take away my theology. You can take away a lot of the stuff around me. You can take away this building. You can take away all the stuff around me, but you can't take away the revelation that I got that I said, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. And so I'm convinced and I'm, I'm persuaded That there's a lot of people in the Western church that are convinced but not converted. When you're converted, you don't have to be prodded to come to church. 
When you're converted, you don't have to be prodded to give. When you're converted, you don't have to be prodded to pray. When you're, when you're actually having an encounter with God, something shifts on the inside of you, and you realize this is why I was actually born. And it's a powerful, joy-filled life. I promise you it is. It's much better than church life as we know it. And so the first thing, we got to get a, we got to have a, can you cut these monitors down a little bit for me? They're feeding back at me. We have to have a conversion experience. That's where Simon Barjona, which means read, was turned into rock. Before you meet Jesus, you might be shaky. After you meet Jesus, everything will shake, but you won't. Because you're on a rock. He said, no, on this rock. On this rock. What rock? The rock of individuals having an encounter with God, realizing who Jesus actually is. On this rock, I will build my church. You can't build a church with people that are convinced. Why? Because you're having to keep them convinced. But you can build a church with people that are converted. Touch two people. Say, I want to ask you, are you convinced or are you converted? Tell, ask them. I feel my preach coming on me now. (laughs) Won't God make a way? And I love it that when he proclaimed this powerful entity, he said, here's how powerful you would be. He said, whatever you, uh, whatever you permit will be permitted. And whatever you don't permit will not be permitted. That's that binding and loosening. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom. And you'll be able to open and you'll be able to shut. Not, not the preacher, not the you. Will have the keys. And you, whatever you open, will be open. Whatever you, you have the authority to open heaven and shut hell over your life. That's the ecclesia. That word ecclesia is not even a religious term. It's not even a spiritual term. It's a governmental term. The ecclesia was the small group of people sent from another nation to sit at the gate of the city and to allow who comes in and who goes out. And their whole concept was to transform where they were into the likeness of the nation from which they were sent. So Rome sends an ecclesia to Jerusalem. They sit at the city gate because they've been given authority by the one that sent them. And the one that sent them backed them with military and financial power so they could sit at the city gate and they transformed Palestine into a Roman culture. That's the whole concept of Ecclesia. And so our purpose for being on the earth is to cause the earth and our spheres of influence to become like heaven. That's the job of the Ecclesia. And then he said something powerful. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now look what that is. I got a picture. This is one of my favorite pictures of myself. Why? Because I'm standing in Israel, pointing at a cave back there. You know what the name of that cave is? The gates of hell. 
That's in Caesarea Philippi where Jesus delivered the scripture that I just read to you. That was a place they used to conjure up demons and conjure up demonic spirits through demonic worship and conjure up through sexual activity, perverted acts of sexual things, just to conjure up demon powers from hell. That's what that place is known as, the gates of hell. Jesus stood right there where they conjured up demon spirits. He didn't stand in the synagogue. He didn't stand in the temple. He didn't even stand in Jerusalem. He stood right at the gates of hell and he said, This church I will build and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, why does that fire me up? That fires me up because I realize this is not the church. This is a gathering this morning of the church. This is a gathering of the ecclesia. Because you are the ecclesia. Think about it. Let's just rationalize it for a minute. Where does your warfare happen? It don't happen here. Man, I come here, I feel like I could take on anything. But on Monday... When I wake up in my house, come on somebody, I'm, I'm seldom attacked at church. But when I get away from this gathering and I get on my own, that's where the real warfare starts taking place. When I'm at home by myself or when I'm at work by myself, that's when the real warfare takes place. The good news is you don't have to be here to function. It says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. An ecclesia, next slide, in its most embryonic expression is the gathering of at least two or three believers presided by Holy Spirit around the manifest presence of Jesus with authority to bind and to release for God's will to be done in their spheres of influence. So here's what your home should look like. Next scripture, Matthew 18. Surely I say unto you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, I say unto you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done. Hang on a minute now. I'm not talking about fairy tales. I'm not talking about Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. I'm talking about this is what the Word of God says. I say that if two or three of you in the ecclesia are gathered together, whatever you agree on and ask, it will be done. You know what that means in Greek? It will be done. It means the same thing in Hebrew and Chinese. It will be done. But we've given that power away. We think God only answers prayer at church. We think we've got to call the elders. We think we've got to call the presbytery. But I've got good news. You and your wife and your children can get a hold of God right there in your house. And you can pray what you will. And it shall be done in Jesus' name. Touch two people say, I am the ecclesia. I say unto you that two of you on earth agree concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for my, for, by my Father in heaven. For where the ecclesia is gathered together in my name, I'm in the midst of them. You say, what if I'm single? Even better, it's just you and God. You'll probably get in agreement a lot faster. Come on, somebody. Huh? Thanks for everybody. Ecclesia was God's original blueprint. This isn't something new. 
When Jesus released the message of Matthew 16, he wasn't doing something new. He was taking them back. Why? What had happened? It started out in the garden with a family. And it grew into a tent and a temple and a tabernacle and a synagogue. But that wasn't the original intention. The original tent, you got to go all the way back to Genesis. What does it say? God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. Somebody say blessed. And then God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds there, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The original intention of God was for a man and woman to line up with and align with God and with a family, for a family unit to line up with God. And once that happens, the blessings come, the fruitfulness comes, the multiplication comes, and authority is released. There's not a problem in the earth that can't be solved with a man aligning up with God or a woman. There ain't a problem in your life that can't be solved with you or your wife or you, you, you or your spouse lining up with the will of God. That's what fixes things, alignment. When heaven comes to earth. So that was our original intention was for individual families to have the power of God on their life to be fruitful, have authority, and multiply. But we've given that over, especially in the Western culture. In the Western culture, we want the assembly to raise our children. Now, I'm not knocking this. I'm just saying as it is. We expect children's church to teach our children about the Lord. That was not the original intention of the Lord. We can, we're, yes, I'm, I'm all about children. I want to encourage them and empower them. But it doesn't start at church. That starts at home where that kind of, where you start empowering your children to know the Lord and be with the Lord. Same with teenagers. I mean, we can't not sow into our children and then put them in a youth group thing. And the youth group's going to fix what we didn't do. Touching every say, he's preaching now. You better watch him. He's preaching now. But that's a Western mentality. I'm all about youth. I'm all about youth groups. I think, it's Paul, I think it's awesome. But it's not the original intention. The original intention was for you and I to train up our children in the way that they should go so they will not depart from it. But not in a legalistic, mean-spirited way. In a way that our children know God because they watch us pray at home with God and they watch God answer prayer where two or three are gathered around and they see God move and His presence manifested in our midst. My God. The ecclesia on the day of Pentecost when it was birthed resulted in homes being empowered and transformed. Homes were, were affected. Family was affected. Individual lives were affected. It was powerful. Even though it says 3,000 were saved and baptized in one day, it immediately takes you to show them in homes. Acts 2, 46 through 47, it says they broke bread house to house. I just saw this week, this week it's unbelievable. In Romans 6, 15, 16, 5, Paul says, Likewise, greet the ecclesia that's in their house. Acts 10, 31 through 31, 10, 30 through 31, Cornelius had an angel show up 
in his house. And while he's praying in his house, touch somebody, tell me, I'm talking about your house now. While he's praying in his house, Peter is on top of somebody else's house and they're, and they're fixing him lunch. So while one man's praying in his house, another man's having an encounter on top of somebody else's house. Next thing you know, God sends an angel to both of them. They connect in Cornelius' house, and through his house, the whole Gentile nation receives the Holy Spirit. Touch your neighbor and say, your house is powerful. 1 Corinthians 16, 9, Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the ecclesia that's in their house. Colossians 4, 15, greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nymphus and the ecclesia that is in their house. Philemon 1, 2, the beloved Aphia and Archippus. Man, these are great names, aren't they? Don't name your children that. <laughs> Little Ophia, no Crippus. Come on, go, let's. Our fellow soldier to the ecclesia in your house. Your translation, your Bible may say church, but it says the church in your house, but it actually means ecclesia, where two or three are gathered together in my name. In the New Testament, miracles, more miracles happen in the New Testament in the house than anywhere else. In Luke 4, 38 through 39, Jesus healed Simon the Peter's mother-in-law in her house. Bill Johnson was preaching out there this week with us. And I thought this was funny. You may not think it was funny, but I thought it was cute. He said there was a guy in Israel with his wife and mother-in-law, and his mother-in-law died in Israel. And they said, do you want to have her shipped back or do you want to bury her? Here. And he said, well, how much does it cost to ship her back? They said, $5,000. He said, how much to bury here in Israel? They said, $1,000. And it's the Holy Land. How awesome would that be? He thought about it. He said, I'm going to have to ship her home. He said, why? He said, I heard there was a guy here a couple thousand years ago that died and got buried and he got up. I can't take that chance with mother-in-law. That's terrible, isn't it? Bill Johnson said it. So, uh, Mark 5, 38-43, a guy's daughter was raised from the dead in the house. Luke 5, 17-21, they actually lowered a paralyzed man down through the roof of a house to get to Jesus. And the scripture says Jesus was in the house. Touch your neighbor say, Jesus is about to get all up in your house. Tell him, Jesus is about to get all up in your house. But can you, on a serious note, can you see how we've given that authority away? We've given it away. We've traditionalized it, and it's become religious. And we come to church, and we pay our tithes, and you know, we do do the do right things, but we've given away our authority. Hence, we're not functioning in the power that the early church functioned in. Their power was not their gatherings. Their power was their authority. The Lord spoke very clearly to me. He said, Kent, in the days ahead, he said, my blessing is not going to result in necessarily a number of people. It will be how many people are actually functioning in my authority. 
the true ecclesia, there's, there's a shift coming. And it's happening. The church is changing. God's not coming back for a weak, sick, poor, broke, beaten down church. He's coming back for a glorious church. Without spot or wrinkle. Powerful church. So how do we have ecclesia at home? Number one, ask. I'd never seen this before until this week. Suddenly, on the day of Pentecost, it says there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole, not the synagogue, not the temple, the whole house. You have the right, because of the covenant of the blood of Jesus, to go home today and invite the Holy Spirit to fill your whole house. No, I'm talking about the whole house. Corner to corner. Bedroom to bathroom. Living room. Kitchen. Holy Spirit, fill my whole house. And when the Holy Spirit fills your house, powerful. In the interesting Matthew 12 says, unless you can bind the strong man, you can't take the house. Who's the strong man in your house? Invite the Holy Spirit in. Let the Holy Spirit be the strong man in your house. When demons show up at your house, some go, whoa. Not that house. Come on. This is a reality. Number two, align. Wives, Submit to your own husbands. My God, one woman said. <laughs> she says, I was with him on asking the Holy Spirit. But my God. <laughs> Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, Obey your parents in all things. This is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. This is a house of ecclesia that's aligned with the kingdom of heaven. Hus wives, submit to husbands. Husbands, love wives. Children, obey parents. Now, I'm just going to be honest. We don't see a lot of that anymore. It's more like husband and wife, don't submit, don't love, and we obey the children. <laughs> Come on, touch somebody else. Say, he's really preaching again. He's on it again. <laughs> We've lost our culture of honor. Our houses are not aligned with God. And we wonder why we're not functioning in power. And by the way, God will never give you anybody perfect to submit to. That's why it takes faith. John Jimenez, a dear old friend of mine, I think he's going to be with the Lord now, pastor of the Rock Church in Virginia, he loved that man, told me this story. He said a wife was married to a man, he, she was all about the Lord, about the church, and husband wasn't, and she was always, you know, after her husband to come to church, and it was on a Wednesday night service that she got to church and all frustrated and 
asked John, Pastor John to pray for her. He says, what's wrong? He said, well, my husband just acting up again and doing the wrong things. And, and he said, well, like what? He said, well, he, you know, I, I was after him to come to church to win the night. And he, you know what he does, John? Pastor John, he comes home with a 12-pack. And, uh, you know, he said, I'm not going to church. I'm going to have some beer and watch a game. She, he said, well, what would you do? She said, I took that 12-pack and I poured it out in the backyard. She said, I want you to pray for me for a husband. John said, no, I'm not going to pray for you. I'm gonna, here's what you need to do. You need to go buy a 12-pack. <laughs> and you need to take it home and tell your husband you're sorry for taking his 12-pack and pouring it out and that you're sorry that you love him. You're going to submit to him and you're praying for him. She didn't like that. So, but she loved her pastor. So what she did, she went and bought a 12-pack, took it home, put it back in the fridge, told her husband, I am so sorry. I shouldn't have done that to you. I love you. I'm submitting to you, and I'm praying for you. He said, what in the world would cause you to do something like that? She said, my pastor told me to do it. He says, I want to meet that pastor. <laughs> Comes to church the next Sunday, gives his life to Jesus, and is serving in the house of the Lord today. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you a truth. Submission breaks all power of the enemy off of your life. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Submission's a powerful thing. When a, when, a, when a head of the house submits to God and the spouse submits to the head and the children submit to that, it's powerful. How good and pleasant for them to dwell in unity. That's not just here. That's in your house. And when we align with God, what happens? The presence of God starts moving in our house. I would challenge you to, well, I'll give it to you later. It's a challenge. <laughs> Three and lastly, activate your faith. I love this scripture. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. You and your whole household. Release your faith to God for your, for your ecclesia. See, the Western culture, we've gotten off track because we make salvation always a personal thing. But in that culture, if one in the house got saved, the whole house got saved. And I'm not just talking about eternal salvation. When it says you and your house shall be saved, that's just not for eternity. That salvation is sozo. It's, it's total salvation. That's spiritual salvation, physical salvation, financial salvation, relational salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your household shall be saved. See, what's going to happen today? I challenge you to go home and invite the ecclesia into your house. So what does that look like? Well, you get the revelation here. So go home today. Set a time. Have a meal. What's that movie? Uh, Eat, Pray, Love. That's probably a good plan. Eat, pray, love. Do you know how seldom the Western people have a meal around a table together? To actually sit with a family and discuss 
life and God and happiness and peace and joy. Statistics say it doesn't happen anymore. That we don't have the family time to sit around the table and not just have a meal together, but actually pray together. Not religious prayers, but like real prayers. Like ask your children, what do you need God to do? Ask your wife, what do you need God to do? Husband, what do you need God to do? And pray where two or three are gathered. And record it. And start celebrating when God answers a prayer. Let me ask you, can you remember the last time your family prayed together and God answered? Like the last time you prayed a specific, not Lord bless us, a specific prayer and then it got answered. Do you know what kind of fate that will impact your children? To actually see God manifest and answer prayer. And to celebrate around the manifest presence of God. And then ask the Holy Spirit. Fill my house. This is the temple of the Lord. Fill my house. And then check. Are you aligned? I would challenge you to publicly do it. Make a decree outside, out, out loud, outside too. <laughs> but make a decree. Whoever's the head of the home, whether you're a single parent or whether you're a married couple, whoever's the head of the home, stand up and decree. I submit me and my house to the Lord Jesus Christ. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Make the decree. Your spouse, stand up next to the head of the household and say, and I publicly submit my life to the Lord and to this person. Children, get up here with us because you're going to obey. We're going to whip that. No. <laughs> Just... Here's my belief. Children have no problem obeying submitted parents. They're just mirroring what they're seeing. I, I don't find it very hard to obey somebody that's loving the Lord. And loving me like the Lord. And align our house. And then release your faith. That you and your whole house could experience salvation. And then become the ecclesia. Become the place where stuff's bound and loosed. Your sphere of influence. Then, and, 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 I, and I've also had a revelation. I realize why people are so hesitant to become a house of light. Because we're not aligned. And we don't want to invite other people in to see our dysfunction. Now look, we're none perfect. Let me go ahead and tell you that. There's, being aligned is not perfection. Being aligned is just aligned. As long as we're on the earth, we're going to have problems. That's part of living. 
But alignment is, we're living in alignment with God. Then we branch out and we invite neighbors and friends. You know what? I'm hearing testimonies. We're hearing people with houses of light now that are inviting coworkers and neighbors to come to the house. You know how they're advertising? They're saying, would you like to come over and eat a meal with us? They said, what are you, what are you celebrating? What, what kind of occasion is it? We're celebrating the goodness of God. They said, what does that mean? Well, once a month we get together and we thank God because he's so good. And they invite their neighbors and coworkers in and they have a meal together and they celebrate the goodness of God and they bless them. You know what they're saying? Can we come back next month? Why, we've never been around somebody that just celebrated the goodness of God in this fashion. And now prayer evangelism is working where people are opening their hearts up to the kingdom of God because houses are becoming ecclesias with the way it was originally designed and created to be to start with. Can you dream with me a minute? What would happen if every home represented in this congregation today became an ecclesia? What kind of spiritual power would be released over this territory? We represent a big county reach here. We have multiple counties. We probably have over a dozen counties in this sanctuary today. Can you imagine what it would look like if we stepped back in our homes and we became the powerhouses that God had called us to be? What in the world could transpire? There's something powerful, in my opinion, about the head of a house getting the Bible out. It's powerful. And reading the Word of God over their children and over their spouse. It's powerful. Just the visual is powerful. Washing their spouse with the Word of God. Sowing seeds of faith into children. You know how powerful it is for a child to see their parents on their knees praying? It's powerful. The beauty of a submitted marriage, one to another, and to God. And the mystery of it. God says it's a mystery. It's, it's the same mystery as Christ and his bride, the husband and wife, the spouse together. Beautiful. It's powerful. So for us to step into all in Alabama, we've got to be solid here. And I believe it begins with the ecclesia in the home. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.